0: It's October 29th, and you are invited to join me and my dear friend and host of the newly launched Mom Advice Book Gang Podcast. Amy Allen Clark is back on Sorta Awesome, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story of resilience and discovery in the face of adversity. I know you're going to relate so much to what she has to say. Plus, if you know Amy, you know she has some fantastic books to recommend. And I can promise you are going to discover something awesome in her recommendations. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. We are so glad you have found your way to the most amazing community of women on this planet. You can find our community online, and if you're digging what you hear today on Sort of Awesome, we would love to have you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you really love this show, go ahead and drop us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And... If you want to get in on all the perks of being part of our Superstar Awesome community, come check out what we have going on on Patreon. We've got bonus episodes. There are tons that you could download and binge and listen to right away. We've got ad-free episodes. We will hook you up with our digits so you can send us a text instead of just yelling at us on your phone. (laughs) We have so much good stuff from the superstars over at patreon.com. So... You guys may remember, especially if you are a longtime awesome, that Amy Allen Clark has been here on Sorta Awesome with us a couple of times to talk all things books and reading. Amy, hi, and welcome back to Sorta Awesome.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so good to be here. I know that we were reflecting. I can't believe it's been since 2016 and a lot's happened since then. So I'm excited to share with you. A lot has happened since
0: 2016, and when you and I were kind of messaging back and forth about you coming back to the show, you sent me a screenshot of something that had come up in your memories. I think it was maybe from Pinterest or Facebook or something. (laughs) Yeah, it was was, something
1: you had pinned. Yeah, yeah,
0: it was a pin of you being absolutely darling, which is totally your niche (laughs) place to be, Um, and it was on your blog, and it was 10 years
1: ago. Yeah, I'm like, this is so funny because we had just been messaging. I'm like, it must be meant to be that is reaching out (laughs) to me right now with her podcast. Yes,
0: total kismet. So you and I have known each other from way back in our blogging days. In fact, if you guys don't know, Amy started the momadvice.com community back in 2004. And it's a site that's focused on good living on a small budget. And now Amy has taken that passion that she does have for books to the podcast world. She has just launched the Mom Advice Book Gang Podcast, where she acts as your literary tastemaker for anyone who's listening, for that growing community of readers there. And so one of Amy's specialties is finding and featuring under-the-radar book gems that you might have missed. That is truly her specialty. She has some that she has picked just for you awesomes today. Amy, we have so much to talk about. So much to catch up on, not to mention talking books. We're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. Now, if you're new to Sorta of Awesome, you may not know that our Awesome of the Week is that moment in the show where we stop and talk about the books or TV shows, movies, podcast products, whatever is making life a little bit more awesome right now. Amy, you are a fantastic source of recommendations. (laughs) I have found so many cool things through you. You have a wonderful and awesome taste. Um, I can't wait to hear what you brought for for your Awesome of the Week
1: this week. Yeah, so basically, I have never been able to do my own nails. I've never been coordinated enough to do it. And I feel like it's really, really hard to do. And I was following uh, Mary from Currently Reading Podcast. She is really big in Olive in June. And I won a giveaway on her Instagram account for an Olive in June set. And she sent it to me. So it wasn't something I would normally buy myself. But I'm like, what a nice treat. You know, I kind of want to use it because I feel guilty if I win this and I don't use it. (laughs) So I start taking it all apart and there was something called the poppy is what they call it Mm -hmm. for the olive and june set which basically makes it easier to apply nail polish for someone who is not coordinated which is me (laughs) and so this ergonomically correct tool is something that allows me to actually do my own nails myself and i feel like their nail polish is so good that the end of the brush even makes it easier to apply. So I'm not having to do corrections. And so on Saturdays now, I have established a manicure hobby. I am not very good about taking care of myself, like really making space for Mm self-care. And this is something that I guarantee myself every Sunday afternoon that I do my nails. And I have started doing all these little routines that my daughter has been picking up on. She's 15, Yes, And now she is doing them. So she she calls herself a middle-aged woman because she's like <laughs> moaning around the house, like sorting her vitamins and has yes. a manicure routine and a hair washing routine and a hair setting <laughs> routine. And I feel like I'm doing so much good in our world just by doing these things for myself because we're teaching our kids yes. how important self-care is. And I love seeing this generation being really good about embracing self-care in ways that I don't think I did when I was her age. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, we talk about the sort of pitfalls
0: of social media, especially with um, tween and teenage girls. And believe me, I've seen that firsthand. But... I have also seen the influence of all of this emphasis on self-care and self-worth and body positivity and so many things in the lives of my teen girls. So I'm like, "Yes, yes, I, yeah, we are teaching ourselves. We're teaching our daughters and future generations of women through things like giving yourself a manicure every week.
1: Yeah, it's actually something I really look forward to. And I have been trying harder to just make space for myself in these simple ways. It's an act that's not very expensive, that doesn't take a lot of time, but makes me feel cared for. And I also feel a little bit more confident when I'm out in the world, when I have my nails done, so yes. I don't want to pay for shellac. I, it's something that I can do myself, and I love that this tool is useful, I would say, especially if you have motor movement problems mm. or have difficulty with grip or arthritis. It's just a really great tool. I don't think it's marketed in that way, but I had an experience with it. I even emailed the company to say thank you because I do think oh. it's such a great thing for people that struggle with motor movement or fine motor skills. To be able yeah. to do their own nails is a very like liberating, freeing oh. thing.
0: Love that. Absolutely love it. Well, sort of awesome. Regular co-host Rebecca is also absolutely obsessed with her Olive and June, and she shows them on social media all the time and stuff. <laughs> so we will drop a link in the show notes so you guys can go check it out too if you haven't already, because I think you're so right. I Amy. Mean, so many people are discovering like, oh my gosh, I actually can do my own nails with the the whole setup that they have going on. So. That is so fun. Um, I did not know you were going to bring a fun beauty product for Awesome of the Week. I brought one too. So we're definitely tracking um, same wavelength this week. Um, Mine is a brand new eyeshadow palette from the company ColourPop.
1: Have you ever used any ColourPop? Products? No, I am someone who does not know a lot about makeup. So okay. I will be a human sponge for everything you tell me. <laughs> and I'm going to probably leave this and run over to the makeup store and get it. <laughs> well, okay. So ColourPop
0: for a long time was an online only um, vendor of of all different kinds of beauty products. They really started with lipsticks and eyeshadows, and they were known for creating very affordable and also highly, highly pigmented pigmented that's a tricky word pigmented um eyeshadows and so I have been using their eyeshadows on and off both they come in like single pots that you can get or you can get them in palettes I've been using them for years and I just got a brand new palette called making mauves and I am so excited about this one because back in 2018 Colourpop released a palette called fame like after the uh, iconic <laughs> I'm in. show, TV show about Broadway from from the when we were younger, Amy. Um, <laughs> and so I loved that palette so much. It was one of the few palettes they had that had mostly cool tones and a lot of purpley colors. And I have green eyes, and there's this sort of prevailing wisdom that if you have green eyes, that purples and plums really help your eyes to pop. So I was obsessed with that palette. I like used it so much and it and they last a really long time long time and then you know so I knew that I was kind of getting close to needing a new palette they discontinued it oh, no. <laughs> and I was so bummed I was like truly like oh what am I gonna do now I used that palette as long as I could um I had like two or three left in the pans in the palette and then Nico this was when he was an early toddler got into it and
1: like scraped out the
0: rest no. that was in there and I was like oh no
1: you're like adding water.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. So when I saw that ColourPop has this Making moths palette that is mostly cool tones, I got it right away. I love it so much. It is truly pinky mauves, some purple. The The Fame palette definitely had more plum going on, and this is definitely leans more mauve. But they're really easy to apply shadows. There's some um, very neutral mattes that they have. They have some with a little bit of shimmer. And then the middle row of this palette has these amazing sparkle shadows. Amy, I don't know if you can tell. I'm wearing some Yeah, no, I right know. <laughs> you look gorgeous.
1: You look gorgeous. She's tell- telling me how tired she is from a rough night with kids, and then she comes on here and I'm like, tell me your makeup secrets.
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was telling Amy before we started recording, I was up literally all night with Nico who had a tummy bug, I felt so awful this morning. As you can imagine, I had like one hour of sleep and I was like, I'm going to stay in my pajamas all day, but I'm going to do my makeup because (laughs) that that makes me stunning. (laughs) I wish you all could see it. (laughs) That's very nice of you to say. It makes me feel like a human again if I could at least put my makeup on. But this has these really great sparkle ones that are so easy to apply. I just literally dip my little ring finger, fingertip in there and just kind of brush it on the lid and it looks fun. I went through a little phase where I was like, "Mm, I'm probably too old for sparkle shadows. But then as I hit my mid-40s, I was like, I'm not too old for anything. No, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, I have been loving this. It is hilarious, too. Um, this came in the mail while we were finishing up dinner. One of the twins had run outside to grab the package, brought it in. I opened it. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And I was trying to read the back of the package, where it tells the shade names on the back. And I couldn't read it. And Daisy was like, Mom, Daisy's our 16-year-old mom. Do you, you
1: want me to read those for you? <laughs> Like, yes, but I will wear sparkles.
0: (laughs) Can't read the package, but I'll wear the sparkles. That's right. So I'm loving that uh, palette. So I'm going to link to it in the show notes, Awesome, if you want to go check it out. I love all of ColourPop's products that I've tried. I love their their lipsticks. Um, I've tried their concealer. They're a really great company. I do think you can get it at Sephora maybe now, if not in store, then Sephora online. So anyway, I'll dig around and find some links for people to to go and check it out. Really fun stuff. So, okay. Awesome. Those were awesomes of the week for Amy and I, like I said, I'll have links in the show notes for you all. And if you would like to come and join us in one of our online communities, we are talking about awesome of the week every Friday. So come find us on Instagram. We're over there at sort of awesome show, or come over to our Facebook group where we have over 5,000 women who show up for each other daily to support each other through the ups and downs and trials of life, giving great recommendations, troubleshooting problems. We have a really great time over there. And we talk about Awesome of the Week every Friday. You can find us at facebook.com groups slash sort of awesome hangout. Amy, we have so much to dig into. I cannot wait to get to that when we come right back. Hey Awesomes, if you've listened to Sorta Awesome for a while, you know that one of my many obsessions is Best Fiends. In my very humble but also correct opinion, it is the best match-three style game by far. The rest are basically the same game, but with different color schemes. So, Stop crushing the same old candy and try a puzzle game with something fresh to offer. What I super love about Best Fiends is that you play through with an actual storyline. It totally keeps me engaged because you're competing with the good guys, those are the fiends, and the not so good guys, those are the slugs your fiends start out as these cute little wee baby versions of their future selves. And then the more that you play, the more fiends join your team. And the more powerful they become, they help you solve increasingly challenging puzzles as you progress through the game. It's an action-packed adventure and a brain-boosting puzzle game all rolled into one. And with new content added all the time, I promise you, you're never gonna be bored. Here's what's absolutely incredible to me Best Fiends has literally thousands of levels and they add more all the time. There's always something new and exciting waiting for me anytime I need just a little bit of a mental pick me up, which, let's be honest, that's most days these days, right? So, you guys, go download Best Fiends for free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the R best fiends. All right, Amy, before we dive in and kind of start catching up, for people who aren't familiar with you and your work, tell us a little bit about what life looks like for you right now, like where you live, what family life looks like, what work life looks like.
1: Yeah, I live in the South Bend, Indiana area. So I am just about 10 minutes from the Notre Dame campus. And I have two kids. So I have a 19 year old who just graduated from high school. And is living at home and has started his first uh, full-time job. So he is with us at home. And then we also have a 15-year-old who is a sophomore in high school. I am married to my high school sweetheart. We've been together since, I guess he was about 15 when we met. He was just on the cusp of his 16th birthday. And we have been together ever since. And he is a programmer and he is actually working remote now. So we are both work-at-home employees of our own uh, businesses yeah. and places that he's employed, and we're really thankful. So it's been a new challenge, I think, with marriage, with both you know spouses working at home. We've been learning to work together and also set aside time to, you know, walk in the afternoons and things like that. But it is a new dynamic in our family. It's a new dynamic to have a child that's graduated and isn't at school all day. And I think if there's anything that 2020 has taught us is that we can be adaptable people and we will do the best that we can with all of the different changes that have been served up. And so I'm really grateful because it has added some new routines into our life and has made our life better to be together the way that we have been through all of this.
0: Yes, I I relate to that so much. Of course, this sort of sort of involuntary resilience that we've all had to learn in the past 18 months of just like, okay, we got to we're going to have to keep going somehow. How are we going to, you know, bounce back and at least kind of be able to do the next right thing that's in front of us. I also know how big of a transition it is when your spouse who has been working out of the home comes home to work. And you are also in it. I know a lot of families experienced that transition, especially in 2020, when so many people were working remotely, some people have gone back, but Kyle had worked outside of the home forever until gosh, 2014 is when he left the corporate world of uh, financial services and started a business with a partner. And it took a while, honestly, Amy, for us to navigate like, just because your home that doesn't mean that you have the flexibility to go do this thing for the family and like kind of navigating we've had to shift time and time again it's like there's never really a like this is how it's always going to be it's kind of like this is how things are right now and this we'll do this as long as it works and then we'll you know we'll shift and transform again and and figure it out for the next phase. So I totally relate to that scenario. Yeah, and I'm
1: so glad that we like each other, because I think this is going to be a really hard thing to weather if we didn't really enjoy each other's company, because it has been so challenging. But I am learning that There is a certain sweetness with that too. It's also nice because you can split up the routines a little bit together when you're both home versus he goes off to work and, you know, I'm the one that's always getting the calls. It's like, who's going to take the call today is, is a new way to think about things. And so for that, I am grateful. And it is, it is a challenge, but it is a challenge that I know that is going to make us stronger. So we're really glad.
0: Yeah. Well, thinking back to 2016, the last time you were on sort of awesome and we were talking about some I think we were talking about some change your life books back then, (laughs) which is kind of ironic because I think it was in early 2016 when you first received a medical diagnosis that really did change your life. Gave you some answers for some things that you had been struggling with, but it it opened up a whole new world of questions. So if you're comfortable with it, Amy, if you can kind of like tell us the story of what happened starting with that diagnosis, how it's affected family and, and work life and yeah, kind of catch us up on what's been going on.
1: Yeah. So I didn't, I typically am involved with like EDS awareness week and I didn't do anything this year and I felt a little bit guilty about that. So this is giving me a chance to share a little bit about it because it is considered a rare disease, but it's one of those diseases that is rarely diagnosed, not necessarily rare. And as the world becomes more aware of it. I think uh, Sia is an example of someone who just recently had shared about EDS. Uh, Jamila Jamil has it and Leah Dunham. And as these people come forward and share more about it, we're thankful for their star powers because they are able to get more people to be diagnosed with it. EDS is a connective tissue disease. It affects your joints and it causes a lot of chronic pain. I think particularly you may have within your listeners a pocket of people that are going through perimenopause and menopause, which is typically when joint pain issues and things like that and autoimmune conditions for sure start crapping up. People don't weather it as well because it's combining Those hormone crazies with this disease. So, that's basically the perfect storm for a lot of women. I was 38 when I got diagnosed. I'm 43 now. And basically, it makes everything very, very challenging regarding, you know, uh, typing and holding a pencil and things like that become very, very challenging. It is difficult to navigate chronic pain and parenting Mm. and also to have doctors who are sympathetic that want to go through all of the challenges that go along with it. EDS, there's 13 different types. I have the type that is the most common, which is hypermobile. Typically, people that have hypermobile type have been gymnasts or ballerinas. They're known for their flexibility Which is really great when you are a cheerleader and you're a ballet dancer. It served me well when I was in ballet. I was great at yoga. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like one of the star students, I thought, you know, because I could do all of these great things. But what I didn't know is actually that can sometimes be a sign of someone who is hypermobile and has this connective tissue disorder. So basically, it's genetic. You have a 50 50 chance of passing it on to your children. Usually, when people are diagnosed, it is a diagnosis process for a lot of people. It might be for your parent, it might be for your children. And so that is what our experience was: was that both of the children had it. I had it as well. So it was a diagnosis of three people at the same time. Oh wow. What has been challenging with it is that the way that the specialist explains this disease is that each person is a tree and every person has branches. And those branches all look different for other people, but there's a lot of comorbidities that go along with it. So okay. it's not just a simple you have EDS. It's usually you have EDS, you have mast cell activation disorder, you have POTS syndrome, you have ADHD, you have um, autism spectrum disorder. There's lots of different things that can come along with this diagnosis. So it's figuring out each person's individual branches after diagnosis. So that Uh. is the hard thing is what happens after this, right? Because yes, you have answers, but there is no cure for this disease. They are still in the process of finding the genetic components for it. So right now they are in trials to figure out the actual gene. They feel like they are making progress with it, but it is still something that is scientifically unknown. Mm. And that is the hard part, right? Yes. It's finding a physician who will treat all of the things that go along in your tree. <laughs> you know, yes. it's it's never an easy case and a lot of times what your experience as is as a um, patient is that people don't want to treat you because mm. it's a lot of things. It's mm-hmm. not just someone that you can simply slap on a file like here. You know, here's a couple pills. Like move on. It's something that someone has to be willing to endure that journey with you. I have thankfully since that time, just in the last couple of years, actually secured him just prior to the COVID um, scare. Is that. I was able to secure a physician who now is my like whole person physician, the one who oh, yeah. is my advocate, the one who will, you know, talk to other doctors and explain my file and make sure that things aren't happening that shouldn't be happening. And if there's anything that I can say about this experience is that if you have a very complex health history, look into concierge doctor services or direct patient services they may call it um i think it's i think it is dpc or something like direct patient care okay. but there are physicians out there that you can secure with a monthly rate and mm-hmm. you can have this experience with a physician where they are offering you more time more flexibility are able to actually Take that time with you because everyone is only getting a short amount of time with their physicians Mm -hmm. right now. It's a very factory experience to Mm -hmm. go through. And when you are multifaceted with your diagnosis, it is so helpful to have one person be your advocate. And a lot of people don't know that that is an option. Even if you have health insurance, even if you don't have health insurance, they can always find really good deals and take the time with labs that maybe you would not get in a traditional doctor experience.
0: That is huge. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking about my own mother has multiple sclerosis, has had that since I was two. And so growing up firsthand seeing how autoimmune disease impacts a person holistically, like you said, it's not just a one one thing that you can be like, well, this is the thing and here's the treatment and now move on. Um, Knowing how doctors have to or should communicate with each other because when we're talking about like an autoimmune disease, then there's so many different things that go into that. Some of my closest friends also have varieties of um, health issues going on that are so deeply interconnected that you can't, if if one symptom pops up, it's rarely as simple as just like, oh, we'll just do this thing and expect it to not, you know, have these impacts on other things that are going on in the body. And so um, that is huge. I had never even heard of this, yeah. of being able to have like one kind of point person that is that is a doctor that can communicate with other medical caregivers to make sure we're all on the same page for care. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: It's it's one of those things that I wish more people knew about. And I know it's not accessible to everyone because it is an expense. It's an added expense upon your health insurance. But I will say having someone lobby for you in mm-hmm. every situation where you're getting thrown at a new specialist to set them up for what's going to happen or what you can't do. Um, unfortunately, I had gotten hospitalized last fall and it was very complex And he went to bat for me. He called ahead. He let them know what could not happen in that ER, what could happen in the ER. And when you have something like ADS, it can really give you a setback if someone treats you incorrectly. You really need people to be educated about your disorder. And so having someone be that vocal piece in my story is huge And, and making sure that the right person's assigned It is worth every dollar of that experience. Mm. Can we afford to do that for all of our family? No, we can't. But what has been nice is that I actually know a lot more. Even something like navigating a vaccine is tricky when you have a disease like I have with mast cell disease being in particularly something that could be really high risk. I was able to talk to him about Mm. that and what I should do, what next steps. And he guided me through that. So something like that is really, really important, especially as we're seeing you know, all of these different things coming out. What should I do? Even today I was able to talk to him about, okay, like I read this in the news, is this true? What should I do next? You know. Mm, so yeah. it's just nice to have someone being there in your corner and it's more focused on patient education than necessarily prescribing things. And just having someone sit with you is a lot right now. Yes,
0: absolutely, yes. And I'm sure you're learning and picking up things that will help you as you advocate for your children's care both now and in the future as well yes absolutely so that's incredible um so to kind of go back to one of the things that you talked about being impacted by EDS is typing and you were a longtime blogger you've written a book um, blogging is a lot of typing of course and you were a very prolific blogger for a long time and so as, as you received this diagnosis in 2016, what impact did that have as you thought about, I mean, I'm sure, if, of course, there was just the personal process, right, of processing, mm-hmm. like, this is my diagnosis, this is what's going on with my children. That's a lot. But once you kind of got your feet back under you, what did that begin to look like for the work that you'd been doing for so long?
1: Yeah, so with my job, my primary, you know, source of income really was, doing craft and food and DIY, photography, the execution of those projects, the shopping for them, the writing of that, all of that was creation all the way to the end was huge. It was just a lot of my income. It was a lot of my identity. Mm -hmm. I think that that was really hard. So someone telling me, hey, you have these new limitations and you're not really honoring your body, That is not okay. Like, I need to figure out a different way of making money. Um, I think there's anything that I can say, you may see, maybe it looks like some influencers look a little more hungry these days. It's true because marketing budgets got cut during COVID. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are not aware of that. So my scenario happened and then COVID happened too. And so it's like, how do I still make money in this space and still do what I love, but now I have these new challenges Um, Something that happened was that I was hospitalized last year, and they are now saying that I possibly had a mini stroke, is what they have thought that has happened in the fall. And so one of the major issues for me has been that one side of my body no longer works with the other side. Mm. So it has impacted me visually. It impacts uh, motor movement. It impacts things like typing. And it's also really, really exhausting when your brain isn't communicating on both sides the way that it was before. Sure. So it was something that had come up a lot in my PT because I go every week and we have been doing a stroke rehabilitation program to try to get my two sides to work together. But she kind talking to me about, I really would like for you to consider voice technology. I want you to consider voice services, things that would help your body work better. And I kept saying, I can't, like, I can't do that. I don't want to learn something new. I'm so tired. I really don't want to do it. And the thing was that I think behind the scenes, nobody, like, All of the things that have been happening have been behind the scenes. I actually have never even told anybody that. So you get the exclusive Amy Clark medical diagnosis, (laughs) (laughs) whether you want it or not. Um, But I think that what I'm realizing is that, yeah, like that, this was a major life event and I need to start thinking for future Amy. Like, Mm. what does that look like for future Amy? And one thing that is a place of privilege is that I do not have to work. Like Mm. I could Not work. I could rely on my husband's income. We would be totally fine. This is something that a lot of people don't have the luxury of doing. So why don't I just lean into that? But the truth is that my identity and my self worth and my purpose for my step is that I do have that in my life Mm -hmm. and I am not willing to give that up. So that means let's rethink this space and how can I retool it? And that was really the reason why. I have been moving towards going into a podcast, yeah. instead of doing these very long blog entries where I'm sitting at a desk, I can now use my voice, which is not impacted uh, by any of this, and start moving towards something that is healing for me to be more still and not be doing these things where I'm, you know, causing more stress on my body. So I'm really thankful. I
0: love that. First of all, thank you for trusting all of that to our community. I mean, you know the awesomes you've been with us (laughs) from the start, so you know that, that they are worthy of that trust, but that means a lot. Thank you for trusting that to us. And I love hearing you say that, that that launching a podcast has been more than just like, Hey, I'll start a podcast that it comes from a place of desire, your desire to keep working and to work through these challenges that have come along to reignite and like reconnect with that inner desire and that inner need to put work out into the world. And also, I love hearing in your story, what was so true for me, if you're new to newer to sort of awesome, you may not know that when I started sort of awesome in 2015, I was coming at a place of healing and recovering from severe postpartum depression. And it was what I that was the work I needed to do in that time to kind of find myself again. And all of this connects to something I feel so passionately about, Amy. As a new podcaster, I'm sure you've noticed this. We were, we were laughing uh, about each of us teaching ourselves how to podcast via the YouTube Bros. YouTube. I'm like, smash that
1: like button. Yes. <laughs>
0: So much of the audio and visual video industry really is dominated by male voices, male presence. And so, and and I know through my work on Sort of Awesome for years that so many women are genuinely insecure about their physical voices. It's not even a matter always of like, I don't want to, you know, make a statement online or I feel uncomfortable speaking up. They feel uncomfortable hearing their own voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, my own children, I hear this, I hear them saying when Daisy was on the show recently, she listened to a little bit and she's like, oh, I can't stand it. Um, and, and I hear that resistance that you maybe had at the beginning of mm-hmm. like, I don't want to learn anything voice technology. That's just, you know, feeling kind of reluctant and resistant to it, but then being able to push through and really make this big pivot, which allows you to still be connected to something you've been passionate about for years. It's just in a new
1: format now. Yeah. And there is like, I think personally, I found there is a lot of vulnerability that comes with podcasting, which I'm sure you've experienced. (laughs) Yes. I've been living in the protective nature of blogging, which I am able to filter out and make it what I want. And I present it exactly the way I want. Not to say that you can't do that with podcasting, but podcasting is a different kind of vulnerability level. And putting your work out in that way is really like nerve wracking. The first time I did my episode, I was alone and there was nobody there. And my heart was going like 150 beats per (laughs) minute because it was causing me a lot of stress. And I'm getting used to it. I don't always think my voice is like that pleasant. And I apologize if anyone's been destroyed (laughs) by today's uh, episode. But I do think we are so critical of our own voices. And using video and podcasting is a totally different realm for me. It's like starting all over. But I think that it's going to be a good thing in the long run. Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, Well, I've been tracking along with Book Gang since it started because... And we're so thankful for you. Well, yeah, definitely. I'm just like so proud of you. I am such a huge enthusiast of women using their voices, but I knew for you that there was this very specific connection to being able to, you know... Um, come back to the work that that you were so passionate about. Uh, When you were blogging actively, I loved that you would do these author interviews that would go in depth behind the scenes. I always felt like we got a little peek behind the scenes with authors. You you have a gift of asking authors really interesting questions about their work, drawing out um, things that I wouldn't think to ask an author. And your passion for books and reading comes through so strongly. So I have to think that as you're thinking, about should I do something book wise, but you know, podcast or do I do videos or like whatever that that kind of constant love of books and reading and getting to connect to readers, but then also to authors. I have to think that was such a great compelling force to to push through the friction of starting something new and to launch a new podcast.
1: Yeah. And I will say too, I mean, I started in 2004 with a blog and I wasn't strategic at all about what I was doing. And I really just kind of like was writing about being a mom at at the beginning. And it kind of just on its own evolved into that, what it needed to be in order for it to be a sustainable business. But I think now I'm coming into it. I'm I'm in my 40s. I've been in the space a really long time. I'm basically the fossil they present at mom blogs. They're like, she's still alive, you know? <laughs> she made it. Like this is someone who was like on Blogger and she still, you know, can do it. So I I will say I'm actually really proud that I was in those trenches. But it also enables me to start things in a much different way than I did before, where I'm like, let's be really smart about what we're doing. Let Let's be very focused. And book content is something that's always been super popular on the site. Mm -hmm. We started growing the Facebook community first, just seeing like, if I separate this community out, what's going to happen? So we have about 4,500 members in that space. Okay, now we know we have an audience for that. All right, now let's build out uh, book retreats, which is something we were doing uh, prior to the pandemic. So in-person retreats of getting Mm -hmm. together over books. And so I thought that was going to be the thing, like I'll stay at home and I'll, you know, be able to go and do these trips with people. And it was so magical. But then, of course, COVID happens and it's like, okay, pivot again, pivot again. And, you know, the people that are going to sustain their businesses through this are the ones that are able to pivot. So that podcast element, it's like, well, if I can't have you, you know, host you in my space, what can I do instead to make you feel like a part of my space? And the podcast was just a great way to do it. And with that many people in a community, it's like you have endless guests. You can ask anyone to come and join you and talk about books. They're passionate about books. I think what surprised me has been that people feel almost flabbergasted if they're asked like, oh, you're going to have me on your show. And it's like, yeah, you're the one with all the information and I need you more than you probably need me. And there's such a (laughs) different kind of intimacy when you have someone in your community being part of something like that oh, yeah. getting to see them and be part of that it has made a much more intimate experience with a lot of people now just having them on as guests so the the focus of that was very natural to me it felt really good and i think one thing that i've always been proud of is that we are i am very good about picking under the radar
0: Yes. authors
1: and debut authors mm-hmm. we're getting back to attention on books that have not received enough attention yes. my whole identity is wrapped up in telling you about a book that you've never heard of before and yep. my joy is hearing that that book ended up being your favorite and so that is really what the book club's about and i spend really honestly i started this summer until it'll be up until the end of November that I am picking our books for our book club. So we do 12 selections and it is a huge undertaking. I can't tell you how hard it is to do a year of selecting books. But I love the system because people know, okay, I'll go to the library, I'll I can map out my books, I don't have to necessarily spend money if I don't want to. And I can participate. And I know exactly what's going to happen within this group. And so I have been working really hard to get these 12 books all selected for our year. And it's going to be so fun and magical. And I love that the focus isn't on those big books that everybody's handing you or ones that you've already heard of or sitting on bestseller tables, these authors are very motivated to be a part of that experience because they need people to read these books. And when we find books like that, we wanna support authors that don't have those big marketing budgets, that don't have a PR agent who's working Mm. tirelessly for them. And so what's been unique is as we build out this content with these authors for the site and for the Patreon community, that they are so motivated and excited to be a part of this, that there's just a totally different kind of conversation that's going to happen than if it's someone who's not very motivated, that will only give you five minutes of their time. Mm -hmm. These authors are excited to be part of things. So I really, really am excited about our new year.
0: It's going to be so great. So much reading (laughs) goodness ahead. And we need goodness in our lives. It may as well be books and reading goodness. I am (laughs) fully on board with that. So Amy does have a special gift, you guys, of finding gems, not just like books that are like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't heard of that one. No, they're under the radar, but you are going to want to read them. And she has put together a list just for you awesomes. And we're going to get to that when we come right back. All right. Well, you guys know that I could not have Amy Ellen Clark on Sort of Awesome without just gently asking her, Amy, if you're (laughs) going to put some books in our hands, especially as we go into the fall season, people are kind of ready to snuggle down, grab some books, get under a blankie and, you know, have some warm tea or whatever. Um, This is the time of year to do it. And so you handpicked some recommendations for the awesomes. I'm just going to turn this over to you, friend. You tell us what we need to be reading.
1: Okay. I'm going to tell you what you need to be reading. So I know that you said cozy and fall reads. And when I think about fall reads, I I think about storytellers. I want books that have really good and meaty stories. That's not necessarily something I look for in summer. In summer, I'm looking for thrillers and light escapes and things that I can tuck in beach bags. That's not going to be the case with these reads, but they are all compulsively readable and enjoyable. So I'm excited to share them with you. And I started thinking about some of the books that have been popular and how I can replicate some of those experiences for your listeners. So one book that has been really popular is The Extraordinary Life of Sam Hell. Yes. Did you read this
0: one? I haven't, but I have seen the buzz around it for sure. Yeah.
1: So that is a beautiful coming of age story. And if you haven't read it, I definitely would recommend it. But I think it's just a great coming of age story. And that is why I wanted to pick this book, because it's less known, but it is a very similar type of feel to the story. And it's written by by Alex George. He's an amazing writer. If you haven't picked up his books, his first novel is really, really good too. His debut, but this one is called "Setting Setting Free the Kites" by Alex George. It's a backlist novel, so it came out in 2017, and it is about two friends named Robert and Nathan. And the story starts on their first day of eighth grade. Robert is being bullied in a school bathroom, and Nathan steps in to help rescue him, and that is the beginning of their fast and beautiful friendship. Now, Robert and Nathan are complete opposites, but they bring out the best in each other, especially because the two have faced some really enormous tragedies. Mm. And they need that levity and support that they find within one another. And I feel like although the tragedies could be heavy, it does not weigh down our story. It's a beautiful story about boys becoming men. It's about first loves and best mm. friends. And they also have some pretty creative acts of revenge when oh. they are going to get back at this bully. Yes, So... Basically, it, this book reminded me a lot of Ordinary Grace by William Kent Kruger. And the reason why I say that is that it just appears to be a very simple, straightforward story, but it's told with beauty and heart and soul. It made me cry. And it's the kind of book that you can just fall in love with. And that one, again, is called Setting Free the Kites by Alex George. Okay, that sounds
0: fantastic. I'm intrigued already. Yes.
1: I wish this book had more buzz, so I'm hoping that more people will pick it up because it is one of those under-the-radar picks that I've enjoyed. As far as coming-of-age stories, one of my top favorites.
0: Oh, good. I love a coming-of-age novel. Love that whole genre, the whole trope of it all. I can't wait to pick this one up.
1: Good. So the second book that I have for your listeners is a book called How Lucky by Will Leach. And it was a Book of the Month selection, so it's not super under the radar in the fact that if you have a Book of the Month membership, you could definitely put this on as an add-on to your box. This is a charming, laugh-out-loud funny book. It has a very memorable character that made it really hard to put down. So they call it how lucky because our main character Daniel is he just considers himself to be a lucky guy but he's a lucky guy with a debilitating disease mm. and he's had this since he was a small child and this disease leaves him unable to speak or move without a wheelchair It also requires constant care, even down to having someone flip him at night to move him around so that he doesn't get bed sores. So he's pretty incapacitated with this disease but he still considers himself to be really lucky Mm, yeah so he witnesses a local girl who is climbing in the car of this guy and she ends up showing up on these missing person posters and he's seeing her on the news and he starts going back through his memories and realizes he may have been the last (gasps) person to see this girl and may have been the last person to see the kidnapper as well. So his idea is, because he uses a lot of online technology, obviously, with his disease, he spends a lot of time on Reddit. And so he's like, I'll just go to Reddit and talk about how I may have seen this, because of course, there is a Reddit subreddit community where they have to dissect what really happened. Yes. You know how it is. I true do crime, know how it is. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, and true crime can be a lovely space or it can be a terrible place to yes. be. And in yes. and, and Reddit, that that is actually true. Yeah. And so he posts something and basically the captor sends him a message and realizes, oh, I've been caught. Like this guy knows who I am. Oh my God. And so he starts having conversations with Daniel online. And Daniel is like, I might be the one to solve this case. You know, I'm the least likely person, but I'm going to be the one that gives all this information to the police. So what makes it like, it's dark comedy, but what makes it comedic is that he really can't talk or move. And he's trying to, give this information to the police officer who's kind of like, what are you talking about? So he, no one wants to believe his story and he is trying to give the story. And the only person that he really can communicate with is his best friend who has known him his whole life. And If you like books with really good side characters, his best friend is really hilarious. And he also doesn't give him any like cop outs on just like his Mm -hmm. disability or anything. He's not here for that. He knows that he can do better. And so he becomes the mouthpiece for Daniel, like to let (sighs) them know because he can basically communicate with him without a lot of necessary communication like using his voice you know voice to speak software or anything like that right. so there are some really laugh out loud moments particularly with the fact that it is this scenario where he is the one to crack the case but also can't actually relay the oh information gosh. it's a slim novel it's not a really long novel And I ended up finishing it. I was going to go put it in my little free library, but I gave it to my neighbor next door and she absolutely loved it, finished it in a day. And so it's those kind of books that you can like, I can hand that on to anybody and I just know that they're going to appreciate it. And if you're in a book slump, it's the kind of book that should pull you out. That is what exactly what I was going to say.
0: It sounds like a great slump breaker book, first of all. Secondly, you had me at Reddit. I spend a lot of time reading Reddit. I'm not very active in posting. But as I was up through most of the night last night with Nico, who was sick, I was like, I'm going to go visit my friends on Reddit. So I go <laughs> yeah. just read threads on my in my favorite subreddit. So Amy, I'm so glad you brought this book because 100% I'm going to read that one.
1: Sounds yes. amazing. Okay. It, again that one was called how lucky and it's written by will leach and i guess he is a sportscaster, oh. and this is his seventh book so okay. it wasn't a like first debut but it isn't one that i've heard a lot of people talk about although stephen king did give his stamp of approval on this one so okay. if, if stephen king uh, reviews are important to you it is endorsed <laughs> by stephen
0: king <laughs> good to know good to know okay what else do you have for us
1: So my next book is actually giving a sneak peek into our Mom Advice Book Club year for 2022, because this is one of my selections for our year. It is a YA novel, and it is written by Jeff Zentner, and Jeff Zentner is my favorite personally my favorite y a writer. Oh, so if you okay. have not read his books before, I, okay. he is the kind of Y a writer that it is appropriate to hand off to your child, but it's not immature in themes mm. for adults who might want to read his work. Okay. and I discovered him when he came out with his debut. It was called "The Serpent King. It's a beautiful, beautiful friendship story that I highly, highly recommend. But this one is called "In the Wild Light." And it is his latest YA release. And something that Jeff does really well, if you like stories set in Tennessee, he tells a lot of stories that are set there. Okay. So I rave about him all the time. He's one of the most fascinating people. When you look at his past interviews... What I appreciate about him is that he is self-taught. He is a self-taught writer. He's self-taught himself guitar and is also a rock band member. Whoa. He taught himself poetry and he's planning to release a book of poetry. And he really accredits a lot of his you know, success with people that were willing to share with him and he just became a sponge for what they do and now he is super successful. Publishers Weekly named this book as their top 20 for the year so definitely check it out even though it is under the radar I feel like it is getting a lot of notoriety and so I'm excited for Jeff about this release because it is so amazing. So if you are looking for audiobooks, in particular this is one that i would recommend in audiobook format the Perfect. narration is done by michael crouch i believe is what his name is but he is a magnificent storyteller it has an accent but it's very just beautifully told and this one is again set in a appalachian town so it's about two best friends cash and delaney they both have the shared experience of being children of addicts and growing up in a small town. Now, Delaney has been her own parent, basically. She Mm -hmm. didn't have anybody really to parent her. And Cash has a Mima and Peepaw who love him a lot, and he feels really supported, but they definitely are struggling financially. Both kids are. And Delaney gets a scholarship to an elite academy where she has discovered basically something that she gets featured on NPR. I don't want to go too much into it, but she becomes this science whiz kid and she gets offered this scholarship. And she says, I'll take it. I'll come to your school, but I have to bring my best friend Cash. Mm. Well, Cash wants to obviously take this incredible opportunity, but he has grandparents that absolutely love him. And his grandfather is suffering from emphysema. Mm, mm -hmm. So he is really reluctant to leave them behind. But it's really their encouragement that allows him to accept the scholarship. And there is a really interesting dynamic between... Cash and Delaney and the other students at school because Cash and Delaney don't have money. They're coming in on Greyhound tickets that they splurge for like better seats. But these kids have never known anything about living in poverty or what it is like to choose to pay bills, um, Mm. be when you have them. And so there is that dynamic going on and figuring out your place and still being who you are and recognizing where you come from, but also that it's okay to evolve and grow. Yeah. And so that is really the meat of the story. And I found myself crumpled in a ball at the end because the narration is just so beautiful that you can't help but be swept away. Zetner's yeah. so talented. It's such a beautiful story. And I was like laying on the floor crying mm. because this, just these relationships, these side characters, every element of the story is thoroughly enjoyable and moving. And just a portrait of how we can still come home at any time and mm. still grow and be different people. And I loved it. So it's called In the Wildlight by Jeff Setner. Please pick it up.
0: Oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. I talk on the show all the time about how most of my reading is via audio these days, just because of life circumstances. And I was like, I think that name Michael Crouch sounds familiar. I looked at looked it up quickly as you were talking and he has done a ton of narration, especially in the YA genre. So I love y a. And so I've listened to a lot of y a. And I was like, I knew I knew that name, so yeah, uh,
1: I didn't realize he's so notable. and i I think that's one thing that I don't really explore is like, oh, mm. I really enjoyed this. I don't think about it as, oh, this is a narrator that I like I should go find other pleasant books to listen to, right, right And right. after this one, I the reason why I knew his name is that I immediately went there. and uh, I even sent a message to Jeff because he is going to do the interview series yes. and just said, Hey, like I wanted to tell you, like your audiobook narrator was amazing and all of the feelings that I had about that story and how I felt like Michael Crouch really brings to life this particular character and mm-hmm. the accent is just beautiful. It's just, it's lovely. I my family is from Tennessee, so it felt uh, very yes. like homey to me to yes. hear that in my earbuds. So I highly recommend this read. Everyone read it. Even if you don't like YA, I, I really encourage you to step out a little bit and, and enjoy this read.
0: I absolutely will.
1: I can't <laughs> wait. This sounds fantastic.
0: Um, Okay. Do we have time for one more? Do You have one more that you want Yeah, to? I do have I one more options. for you.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I am preparing for a podcast with my best friend. She's South Asian and she wanted to do one on South Asian voices. So yeah. I started looking at my stack and I'm like, you know what? I am- not reading enough South Asian voices. And this has been the motivation that I need to add some new voices into my stack. And that is why I stumbled upon this novel. Okay. So it is a debut novel. And I wanted to add one thriller because I do think thrillers are important in the fall, even yeah. uh, even though like thriller season for me is summer. This is a meaty thriller. So it's perfect for fall. And it's called My Sweet Girl. And it's written by Amanda Jayatisa. So it has been compared to Hitchcock. So Ooh, if you like Hitchcock type yes, of stories, and I think that you'll like this. Sounding.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yes. Now I will say it does have a little bit of a trope in it where it has an unreliable narrator, which okay. we do find a lot in thrillers. And some people do not appreciate that. And some people absolutely love a unreliable narrator. In this case, I feel like it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but I feel like the author really created a unique layer with her use of Unreliable Narrator. Okay. So in this story, we have a lady named Paloma who happens to be taking a lot of pills that do not play nice with her booze. So she knows she's not supposed to be, you know, doing any drinking with the medication that she's on that her therapist has put her on, but she goes to this combo anytime that she's feeling anxious, insecure. And usually in the moments in our story where we need her to be reliable, she is going to be the most unreliable source. So uh, I just yeah. want to prepare you for that. Okay. It's a combination she knows she's not supposed to be indulging in. We all know she's not supposed to. And several times in the book, I'm like, please don't do it. Don't get a drink. And then she goes <laughs> and then to get a drink. She totally does. Yes. <laughs> so Paloma is struggling a lot because – She grew up in an orphanage, and it's set in Sri Lanka, which is a setting that I have not read in a book. So that was also a really nice, unique detail for me as a reader. Um, In this, you see that Paloma is there with a lot of other little girls who are looking to be chosen for adoption. A fancy white family comes in to try to adopt a daughter and Paloma is chosen for this adoption and she gets to leave behind this orphanage in Sri Lanka and start a new life in the U.S. But when she leaves, she's constantly reminded about these girls that she has left behind. Mm. She's haunted by memories of them. She also has a lot of guilt about why she was chosen and there's a lot that the reader gets to unbox with the reason she is chosen Mm -hmm. over the other girls. So now she's 30 years old and she's living with a roommate and her roommate finds out something about her that will blow the cover on all of these things that she has been hiding. Okay. So she is very worried about what's going to come out in the world. Yeah. She's going to, she's very worried what will come out in the world. And the thing is that she comes home to deal with the situation because he's blackmailing her And what she finds is he is dead. And she blacks out because, Mm. you know, what is she going to do? She's really stressed out. She's going to take some pills. She's going to do a little booze. And then she passes out. And when she wakes up, the body is gone. Oh, my gosh. This is a great setup. (laughs) Yeah. So then the readers left to wonder, is Paloma involved in this? Did she do something? Because she is Doing a lot of shady stuff. Yeah. And what other secrets is she hiding from you? Mm. So I will say this book did have some lagging in the middle where I feel like it could have benefited a tiny bit from trimming.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: in the end, due to a lot of the plot twists that this author took, I enjoyed this start to finish. It has really intelligent twists and she has a way of bringing all the strings together that gives you that satisfying thriller, like resolution that you're after. So it's called My Sweet Girl by Amanda J.
0: Wow. Oh my gosh, Amy. These are amazing. I have not heard of a single one. So my work here is done. (laughs) That's right. Yes. (laughs) Yay for Under the Radar. What a great list to give us. And I love that you picked one of the books that's going to be part of the Mom Advice podcast book gang, uh, year of reading for 2022. So speaking of that, I know so many awesomes who are listening are going to want to know, where do I go to find more of Amy and her book talk like this? So tell us everything we need to know about both the, um, the podcast, but then also Patreon, because that's where you are really providing some more hidden gems or not so hidden gems, some more real gems, um, for your supporters on Patreon.
1: Yeah, so the Mom Advice Book Club is available on Facebook. Just search Mom Advice Book Club and it should pop right up. The group is free to join, but we also have a Patreon community where we create very unique bonus experiences for our readers and listeners. And so one thing that I really struggled at the beginning with the Patreon space is that most people are offering bonus. Podcasts. And in the beginning, I really didn't have a podcast platform. So I was yeah. offering some different things, which I think are unique to my community as well. Yes. I have a background in music and yes. I have worked as a DJ and things like that. So I utilize that in Spotify playlist for our listeners and readers that they can download a playlist every month that is themed. A lot of them are around reading themes. So Mm -hmm. I like to find under the radar artists as well and songwriters. And so that is one part of the experience. Now that we have the podcast, I do a bonus episode after every podcast episode where you can learn about one single book a 10 minute podcast about what that is. And then we also have a newsletter where you get to download all of the book reviews without any ads. And also I try to put together all the book news as well. So if things are coming out to Netflix or movie adaptations are happening, I want you to know that I'll also give you the list of all the big book club books that you should be aware of with like Reese and Jenna and all the people that are creating out there as well. So it's a really, really nice community. But one bonus feature that we will be featuring in 2022 is that we will have author interviews with each of the authors. And I'm extremely excited to do this. I start Taping them next week. They Yay. will be video interviews where we have very intimate discussions about how they put this book together. And honestly, it will be a different kind of experience. I spend a week researching whoever yes. is going to be on because I don't want to ask them basic yes. things like, What's your favorite color? Tell right,
0: me right, what right. your
1: writing room looks like, which is not very interesting at all. But like with Jeff Zettner, I would ask him, Okay, I understand that you wrote this book on a bus commute back and forth and I'm wondering how did you do this on your phone and also what did that look like when you didn't have a commute with the pandemic those are yeah. the kinds of things that I want to know mm-hmm. so I'm very curious about each of these writers I'm loving researching for these it's going to be really really awesome and it fits with your community sort of awesome <laughs>
0: Definitely. Very awesome. Full disclosure, I'm a Patreon supporter of Amy's work, and I have been since she launched it, because truly, like what you were just describing, how you plan the the author interviews, it is so apparent that so much research goes into that this is not like any, you know, little brief snippet you're going to get where like, you know, when authors kind of do like their press tour or whatever, and they're answering the same kinds of questions. This is not that you guys, this is like you are going to feel like you know that author as a human being, because of the way Amy Crafts these interviews. So that's huge. But also you guys, her newsletters that she puts together, a reader's delight they are fantastic, Amy. You crammed so much in there, not to mention your playlist. I have been following and loving your Spotify playlist basically since we got access to yeah. Spotify in the U.S., right? Back that. in that. Like you were 20... a
1: groupie in the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. I
0: have been. 2011, 2012, whatever that was, yeah. maybe even earlier than that. But Amy's taste in music is impeccable, and she makes a great playlist, so... I just have to give a plug because truly the work you are doing is fantastic and there's so much of it and so much to look forward to in 2022 and we just we all need something to look forward to you know
1: yeah i'm so thankful and i know that i said this not on the podcast but i will say it for your listeners that so much of what i do is inspired by the work that you do and the community that you make and one thing that i've always appreciated is just how warm and kind everyone is in your community i just hope to replicate a small way all the good things that you're putting out in the world. So I'm thankful for you.
0: Well, thank you for saying that. We do have an incredible community and I'm so grateful for them and so proud of them too, for sure. Um, let's see what I feel like I was going to ask you. Oh, also, if you guys don't already follow Amy on Instagram, you maybe have come across her without putting together <laughs> who she is, but you put together these amazing meme collections every Tuesday. <laughs> Everybody looks forward to them. I know I do. I'm like, it's Tuesday. Got to go see what Amy found for us. Um, but tell, tell us
1: all of So we can find um the book gang podcast by mom advice booking podcast is available on apple or wherever you get your podcasts you can find me on instagram at mom advice you can find me at momadvice.com so all of those different places and definitely the mom advice book club as well is a way that you can connect with me and discover more about what we're doing over there as we discuss these next upcoming 12 books yay so excited uh awesomes as you may have
0: guessed we will have a we have a list of all of these links to the books to amy's places all around the web for you in the show notes so you can find those easily and go check out amy's work um friend thank you so much for being so generous with your time with your brilliance when it comes to books and again thank you so much for trusting so much of your story to us this has
1: been amazing Thank you, my friend. All
0: right. Well, awesome, so, you know, you can find me a Sorta Awesome Meg on social media. And don't forget, you can find the show basically by searching Sorta Awesome wherever you are all around the web. We would love to have you join our community there. You guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old.